I read a oh sorry a little bit off topic. I read an excellent complaint. <laughs> a little bit off topic. Don't worry, Peel. It's fine. <laughs> excellent complaint. I found it online. Uh, someone reviewed a film saying, "Do not watch this with your children. My child will now not sleep." Now, this film was not a PG or a U. It was a it was a fifteen. It was a horror film. Uh, and yes, it was an adult based film. You silly tit. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens, and he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave, he cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom, he plays for fun. But if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's Fantastic Podcast. This episode's the first, but it could be the last. With an opposed to claim banter, it's banter behind the throne. Welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. We think this is episode 15, it's certainly episode O. Uh, I'm Dave Bamford, as always, I haven't changed. Today we've got LOL joining us. Say hello, LOL. Hello. Hello, and, hello, hello. And Peel's back. Yay! Have you finished printing hello. your letter? Mate, it was fucking... I'm oh, sorry, I've sworn already. I've already broken my first rule, but yeah, it was horrible. I had to sit there and go through while every single item was printed off individually by a woman who didn't know how to use a printer at speed. Of course. Okay. Well, this week yes. we've got many things to cover, so let's get on with it. First up, we're going to talk about Glazer's letter to the community. Then we're going to talk about Craven's first 2.0 tournament experience, breaking his 2.0 virginity. Then we're going to discuss some deck building principles on the request of one of our listeners. Then we're going to discuss the first edition FAQ. And then we're going to discuss cards beginning with O, our favourites, our least favourites. You know the drill. Okay, so Glazer's letter. Have you guys read it? Yes. Okay, right. Well, for you then, Peel, and for our listeners who haven't read it, um, Aaron Glazer, Pulse Glazer on the boards, and one of the hosts of the White Book, has written an open letter to the community encouraging people to share decks. Now, he asked me to read the letter on the cast, and I refused because I'm not reading his letter, but I will paraphrase it. And essentially, <laughs> deck lists were a bit secretive at times in first edition, so let's share our decks. Who was loving it already? <laughs> okay, share your decks more. Um, he said top four decks. He was decks. just there. Uh, he wants us to read it, but no, fuck off. He's um, like, read it? No. Please read it. No, I'm not reading your letter. I'll paraphrase. Jesus. It, to be fair, in the time it's taken me to explain that, I could have read the letter. But I'm not going to. <laughs> Out of principle. <laughs> so, he wants us to uh, share top four decks from like major tournaments with lots of decks being shared from store championships and regionals, you know, and then uh, people showing less and less as it gets into nationals and worlds and Starlight, which is pretty reasonable, I think. It doesn't really make much of a difference because when we do well, we share our deck lists anyway. And I think yeah. a lot of people in the UK do, but I will be encouraging more people who don't to do so if they're doing well. When Glazer approached me, he said, oh, you're in charge of a meta, aren't you? And I was like, well, yeah. I am. I run the Brigstock meta. And he's like, you'll be up for doing this. And I was like, yeah, I'll encourage them. But uh, short of Waffle making top 16 at Starlek, like none of us except for me have made the cut at any tournaments. So it's not really been an issue. But yeah, I'm happy to share deck lists. Um, what this is translated to in the, in the letter is that the Cornish Paramours and Banter Behind the Throne have 
agreed to share deck lists, which is not what he was asking. I will not. <laughs> but it's fine. But no, uh, obviously the Paramours are fine with that because most of them share their deck lists anyway. Uh, and obviously we're fine with that because we share our deck lists anyway, except for you, Peel, because you can't spoil your secret None tech. of my decks have made it through. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like... Yes, first Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in essence... Um, Please share more decks as we go into the tournament season. It will stop us a, uh, a stagnant meta. It will help the meta develop more quickly. Um, we don't mind a bit of secrecy, but if you could share a bit more regularly than people have perhaps done otherwise, then uh, I think the world community as a whole will be a bit nicer. Um, does anybody else have any well, comments on you that? You say this. You say this, but last time we shared our deck list, look what happened. It caused an international incident. Well, I can only yeah, assume of arguing. I can only assume that this is what has prompted it because uh, because our deck lists were so good and people need to see more deck lists from across the world. That's why they want them to be shared. Um, well, that's a favourable interpretation of what happened. Um, I can't. I kind of. I get the impression that Glazers put this together because there was a lot of um, belly aching, and I will use that term because it did come across as a bit whiny at times from people who are um, new to the card game DB boards, sort of saying that because people don't share decks, they, they've got nowhere to really go and nowhere to um, kind of get inspiration from. And I, I kind of think it was a response to that. And, you know, I take my hat off to Aaron. He's, he's done a good job here. And it's hard to um, it's hard to look at this and say, this is unreasonable, we shouldn't do it. You know, it's, it is a good idea. Um, it certainly will encourage, and it will give people something to aim for, and especially new players, um, a tool to kind of improve their game. So, but I, yeah, I took it more as a as a response to some complaints from new people rather than what happened with us and the whole DC thing. But I'm sure that did factor into it somewhere. Well, I, I think we should just take credit anyway. Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's easier. The 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 like the, the uh, you know, it starts with the white book and the other podcasts have banded together to do this. So I'm just going to take complete credit. I think that's easier. One thing also I wanted to mention from um, Glazer's letter is that we aren't actually from Cornwall. <laughs> I was going to say that. So funny. <laughs> um, we've, been, we've been sort of identified as the Cornish meta, um, which I think is, yeah, it's a slight misinterpretation of our name. None of us are from Cornwall. Um, people will probably look at, uh, look at that name and say, oh, the Cornish meta and think, Jesus, these guys travel really far to play in London. Um, well, no, it's really don't. players from Northamptonshire and Essex and London and Norfolk, in essence. That's the Effectively the southern region of England that no one really cares about. Yeah, but south not all the east. southerners. Well, south, I'd, I'd like to think of the Easterns, Easterns. Uh, community. The Easterns. Yeah. Yeah. The Eastern Bloc. We are the Eastern yeah. Bloc of the UK, definitely. We're the east side. Yeah. We have like our E's popping up on our fingers. We drive by doing gang shootings and we all wear our caps at a slightly funky angle. Um, yes, but <laughs> no, I'm all for deck sharing. I'm all happy with it. But if I win a tournament two weeks before nationals, there is no way in hell I'm letting my deck get out there. Uh, admittedly, I've never won a tournament and I've never won one two weeks before nationals. So <laughs> I don't really think it's ever going to be an issue for me, to be honest, lads. Um, I hear what you're saying, though. He he did say that he they would uh, they obviously respect people's privacy, especially in the run up to big events, and that they want yeah. you know lots of sharing during store championships and things like that. 
Um, and then they they completely expect less sharing as you go through regionals and onwards to the summer nationals. And obviously, this kind of time, you don't really expect to see many deck lists shared at all because people are prepping for Worlds yeah. and Starlet. So yeah, yeah. I saw someone in the Skype chat earlier saying how uh, you know Worlds was two weeks ago, two weeks away, and then somebody saying, "Oh, we're going to celebrate the end of 1.0." It's ah, you twats. <laughs> yeah. Two weeks after that, an even bigger tournament's happening. Babs. And it's definitely happening for us now because we've got the last four flights back. <laughs> yes! Oh, nice. I'm, so, I'm so excited. I yeah. can't wait to get back there. It's going to be brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, so excited. Pumped. It's going to be messy. Yeah, I think is probably the best way to describe it. Um, uh, this may be off topic for the podcast, and I was going to mention Starlek in some ways and, and plug that as much as humanly possible. But I would actually like suggestions of what deck to take to Starlek. Now, this is an open request. It can go out all over the way. And the best one will be taken to Starlek um, if it's uh, accessible. Mainly melee, if I'm perfectly honest. That's the one that I'm going to have problems with the most. Um, if anyone has got a suggestion for a melee deck, which if nothing else would be humorous to play, I'm more than happy to take it um, to play it and do that. Sorry. I've already got a melee deck for you, Peel, so don't worry about it. <laughs> what? A... Nice. I like I've got, it. I've got a Greyjoy Sales melee deck that Rowan built. So oh, you cool, can play that. <laughs> that's probably what I'm going to take as well yeah I'm, I was consi- I'm considering I get, it worlds and then play something else I can't else get Victorian Victorian isn't going to fit into my jazz deck um, and there's no fucking way I'm not playing something with Victorian in it do you hear um, this in my last tournament do you hear this loyal listeners Craven promised a couple of weeks ago not to play Greyjoy at Starlack and once again he's hey. making his promises I'm Hold on, sure hold the phone. <laughs> Just after Nationals, hold. Craven, as a recap, I think your exact words were, I've taken Greyjoy as far as I can. Uh, <laughs> I I'm done with the them. exact words. <laughs> and I stand by that. In a just <laughs> environment, I never said anything about Malin. Ah, but you did say you were having trouble putting Guterian in your Joust deck. Yeah, I'm not running it out of Greyjoy. It's true, you're not. I've seen that deck list. <laughs> You're not kidding anyone. You're in denial. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. What? All right, what's the house card that I'm essentially taking? Martel. So, is that a Greyjoy deck? No. <laughs> no, but it'd be hard to play. No more questions, Your Honour. <laughs> okay. It's almost as much of a Greyjoy deck as uh, Peel's Defiance deck from the Paramore Invitational, which seemed to have hey, more Greyjoy that... cards than Lannister cards for a Lannister Defiance deck. <laughs> I... Just I started building it, then the Lannister cards dried up every time that came from the right, because um, Bambi was taking them on my left every time. Oh, so yeah. every time it came from <laughs> the right, he was he was going for the Lannister. Oh, the Lannister ones. Yeah, sorry, I thought yeah. you were the Greyjoy ones. Go, carry on. No, 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 I could only get the Greyjoy ones when it came from my left side, okay, Bambi, because he was taking all the Lannister ones. So it was kind of like a case of I was just taking the best of a bad punch, really, in that situation. Yeah. Well, in that case, you um, probably should have played Greyjoy... Uh, Treaty to Lannister instead of or Lannister Defiance. Martel. Uh, I think we can all agree there. Martel would have probably been the best bet for everyone on that day. Okay. Just just briefly to talk about melee again. Another thing I kind of want to do because I wanted to do it after last year. But isn't there like a build knocking about with Party Bob? Yes, there is with the hunting spear and uh, stuff like that. I was that event that removes everybody apart from one person. Compelled by the crown. 
Yeah, that could be fun, couldn't it? I yes. <laughs> Just because it's tight, Bob. Removes everyone but one person. Yeah, yeah so, so Party Bob, just when you remove bring them you from up the challenge, the, or? what he does is, if you attack alone with Party Bob, um, each defend each other player can declare one defender. Uh, but if you win, yeah, they all satisfy the claim. So obviously, you don't just That's attack. Not, with them. Yeah, You've got tricks. To it's play. not reliant. It's not reliant on them declaring a defender for them to be eligible to, to sort of to satisfy the claim, is it? If he's on his own, they have to, no matter what. Is that right? Um, I'm not sure they have to, but if they don't, sorry, sorry, yeah, if they don't declare defenders and you win, you they still satisfy the claim. Is that yeah. what you were arguing? Sorry. Yeah. 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 So basically, if someone turns around and goes, "No, I'm not declaring a defender," that doesn't mean they then aren't eligible to satisfy the claim. They have to. If he's on his own, everyone's getting stuck in, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But there's an event which uh, removes all other. What is it? You choose two characters in what controlled by different players in the challenge, and all others are yeah. removed, or something like that. Basically, there's an event which makes it broken. Hmm. Fair uh, enough. Which is awesome. So yep. you rock up for like a two claim power challenge, <coughs> Bob. End up taking six power plus your renown. Um, it's pretty glorious, really. Fair enough. Uh, compelled by the crown. Is it? Yeah. Choose one participating oh. character on each side during an intrigue or a power challenge. Remove all other characters from the challenge, then stand all stag characters with a banner attachment attached. Oh, well, if it's choose one participating character on each side, does it work with Party Bob? Yeah. Because oh, no, they're all defenders. They're not defenders on different sides. I see. They're all yeah. on the same side. Right, got it, yeah. So, that pretty could, glorious. Yeah, that could be banner. Yeah, and <laughs> then you give him the hunting spear so that anyone without a weapon attachment gets minus strength. And put so a banner bearer in so you can stand him and then do it again. <laughs> Yeah, well, if he's got the Banner Bearer, then he can... Uh, if Banner Bearer is a banner, which I assume it is, um, he can have Stannis' Vigilant. <laughs> or, not Stannis' because he's a king, but... Take people's keywords, like deadly. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I think I'll just play Black Sails. Um, <laughs> too much work. Banner Bearer is not a banner. Oh, well, ridiculous, then. Which makes sense, because he's not a banner. He's Banner Bearer. Yeah, he's just bearing the banner. Yeah. Maybe you don't actually get the banner with him. Maybe you just get him. Maybe banner bearer. <laughs> it's like one of those, like a standard bearer you buy on a box of Warhammer. Just ends up standing there with a little stick. And yeah, yeah, he's got no, yeah. Uh, he's, he's pissed me off a tree. Um, it's from distance. It looks like there's one person in a, sort of, in a unit holding a pike and everyone else has got normal weapons. It's like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so you know the, the banner characters that turn into attachments? Like yeah. Banner to the Storm or whatever it is. He turns into an attachment which gives Vigilant. Yeah. Um, so they're banners. They've got the banner trait, I believe. Yeah. Banters. Uh, they're banters. And uh, so you can put a banner bearer on them. So it's the banner holding the banner bearer. <laughs> like a piggyback. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a mess of theme. I love how bad we are at holding a topic as well. <laughs> <laughs> Deck listing. Should we publish them? Nah, banner bearers. Yeah. Well, it's just occurred to me that banner does sound a bit like banter, doesn't it? So you could make a deck full of banners, and it could be a banter deck. And then there's an event here for family and honour, yeah? yeah? Until the end of a phase, characters you control with at least one banner gain renown and do not kneel to attack or defend. There's, there's something a... here. There's something here. No, I can at, feel it. At Starlek last year, you know the guy who... Greyjoy Masters. Greyjoy Masters, that's what it did. 
It yeah. put the Intimidate banner on Cannot Be Killed Asher. Yes. Then boosted her strength with the links and launched Fine Victory, and then made her not kneel to attack with that event. Yes, yeah. and then she wrecked face. She yeah. would wreck face. Yeah. And it's really strong unless all your maesters get murdered. Like yes. they did to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. Remember that well, it was a good deck. Yeah. Okay, so we move on to the next topic then. We've covered Glazer's letter and we've covered janky melee builds. So basically, <laughs> Glazer's letter, just to summarise, yep, we're all behind it. It should keep people happy. Let's do it. Yep, I'm happy. Okay, sounds good. Well yeah. Um, the next thing on our agenda is your tawny experience, Craven, because you've gone to a proper legit tawny for 2.0. I have. Ooh. Uh, was it as good as Starlek? Because that's the other tawny we've mentioned today. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Oh. Okay, well, tell us, tell us what that's was It's really not like comparing apples and oranges, is it? That's <laughs> like comparing. <laughs> It's like apples to, apples. Well, to blow I... jobs. <laughs> <laughs> I love apples, but <laughs> yeah, um, apples are great. But yeah, um, so this was at uh, Gamers Nexus, uh, my local. Um, there were six people there, two new people who said they'd listened to the cast as well, even before oh. turning up, which was good. They may have been making it up though. Um, I did have them in headlocks when I was on. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I decided to take um, a Greyjoy build. <laughs> Shocking, nobody. Um, Greyjoy with a banter of the lion. Um, I built it along the lines of this is going to be his second mention today. He's a new Reese. Um, Glazer's anti Baratheon build, which him and the Beyond the Wall guys have worked on and shared. I took all the um, non loyal component parts of that. Um, and fused them into a kind of unopposed build. Because um, I fully expected to see a lot of Baratheon. And I wanted to be ready for it. Uh, as it turns out, not a single person was playing Baratheon. So it was all kind of for nothing. Um, first game was against a Targ Fealty deck. Anyone we know? No, no one we know. Um, it got the drop on me. And I was sort of down quite badly after a couple of plots. And the guy got to full team power. Um, on one turn well not on one turn but I think it's turn 3 or 4 he was on 14 power but about 6 of it was across uh, renowned characters um, and I got Varys out triggered him obviously forward white um, I had some bodyguards and some dupes on my characters to save them from it and yeah Balon with Hand of the King uh, Seal of the Hand sorry is pretty devastating so he kind of did the comeback. So that was that. That was one nil. Um, I played against uh, Alex. I think you've met Alex, Dave. He was yes, playing a Martel Banner of the Dragon. Um, as it turns out, the deck was illegal. Uh, we found out afterwards. He had two copies of um, Shadows and Spiders. And he was also running Dracaris. Um but it doesn't really matter. It was over in two turns the first game that we played because um, Balon with Seal of the Hand is so good. Like, yeah, I can imagine. So good. Um, I saw Great Kraken on setup as well, so I decided to just push for the power, really, um, rather than the card draw because I saw an opening. So that was that. And then I played against Jack, who I think you played against once before. He's definitely been at the tournaments I've, you've been to anyway. I've met Jack, yep. And, of course, you've met Jack at Nationals. Yep. 
uh, he was running Stark Fealty. And I'd been listening to him and Ian playing when I was playing Alex. And I knew that from Ian's sort of cries of pain that Jack was running a lot of the um, claim raising events. Yeah. And was definitely running free like warm rains. Yep. So I kept that in mind as we started. And I think on turn three, Jack had about seven gold, six cards in hand, and didn't marshal any characters and just passed. And I thought, ah, that looks to me like a handful of events. <laughs> um, so I just basically, and there was a couple of standing diable, so I just didn't do any entry challenges. And just kept slamming through with Balon. Um, again, Balon, seal of the hand. It was all I needed all day. It's so good. Um, and yeah, I won that one as well. So, because there's only six, we just did the three rounds with no sort of cut, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won that one, which was lovely. Um, I will put the deck list up for a discussion. Um, and Dave can link to it in the sort of bits at the bottom of the uh, podcast on the SoundCloud page. Um, there's a few things I'd change. I was running three times seal of a hand, and as good as it was, I don't think I need three of it. Okay. Um, and I would be tempted to drop one of the copies of Rattleshirt's Raiders. How many did you run? I had two. Okay. Did you uh, run Confiscation as well? I did, yeah. Sure. So I would, at the same cost curve, I'd be tempted to put in the... Um, Oh, what we called? Not the is it, oh, the drowned men, the one that get plus one strength for each um, warship. Oh. Uh, I know who you mean. The the four cost army. Yeah, yeah. I sit there in because I'm running um, all three, um, <clears throat> running three armed fleet scouts and three copies of Great Kraken. Mm. So um, they would definitely get a buff somewhere on the line, and they're pretty efficient. Uh, Varys is so good. Any deck that I'm running, which I've got multiple copies of Uniques, which for the time being is going to be pretty much everything, mm. uh, Varys is going in at least twice. Because he, in a, in a world where we don't have Valor, he is so good. I must admit, Valor is my most anticipated card at the moment. I, I, I miss it dearly. Yeah, I miss well, it too. Wildfire just isn't enough. Um, and, like, the game that I... You know, I, I clawed back in the first round against the Targaryen guy. If I didn't have Varys, I'd lost. There's nothing I could do to keep the board down. Um, he, I think he's been grossly underestimated by a lot of people. And he, he should be in every deck, at least two of them, because you need to have a reset. Especially if you're a returning first edition player, because we are so... We, we take it for granted we've got Valor sitting there. So having something which does almost the same thing, admittedly, it costs a lot more. Um, and it's not as easy to pull off, but you, you need to have it in. Okay. I'm, I'm now convinced of that fact. Fair enough. Do you... Well, actually, we'll get on to deck building. Well, yeah. Is there any more on your deck before we get into our next topic, which is deck building? So um, No, I'll I put it up. Um, I don't know whether I'll bother putting up on Card Game DB. I'm, I've just um, started writing my own blog again. I put up a post earlier on about EVE Online, but... Um, I will work on it tonight and I'll I'll post it in the morning so that we've got enough time to stick it into the SoundCloud tab and people can look at it on my uh, on my actual website rather than on CardGameDB. Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's nothing really that I'll talk about which I won't talk about actually on the article itself. So yeah, we can move on if you wish. Okay. 
that's a lovely segue then to deck building. Deck. 101. Yeah, uh, we've had a request from Barry Wardle to talk about some deck building hints and tips for new players, essentially. Yeah. Um, now, I'm going to preface this with the fact that... I've dropped connection. We ha- Bollocks. That Peel's dropped his connection bollocks. <laughs> Which isn't a problem, because I do a lot of his deck building anyway. <laughs> um, you can speak for Peel on this matter. I can speak for Peel. With the caveat that we are first edition players... Yeah. And that we... I mean, me, I certainly am still in first edition mode, though I'm playing... I've not played it for a couple of weeks. And I'm just playing 2.0. When I'm thinking of decks, I'm still thinking forward to Worlds and Starlek. Yeah. And so even my, my opinions are very clouded by first edition hangovers. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but take everything we say with a pinch of salt, I guess. Uh, oh, I'm sure if somebody sent us a deck list, we're happy to look over it or send it to one of us. Oh, God, So if you want a hints and tips on a card or two, Feel free to do that if you don't know anyone else to talk to. Yeah, I um, mean, the, <laughs> what you just said about being in first edition mode is very true. I'm, I'm looking at my deck list from last weekend now, and I run eight attachments and nine events. I would never do that in first edition, not in a million years, like unless it's a Maesters deck or something. That's a lot of cards, which isn't optimal. Um, but it's just the different world we live in, so you have to kind of get your head around these things. Like, I only run 11 locations. Hi, Tom. It's a strange. Um, but there are certain principles, yeah, which do carry across, and you have got to keep in mind. So, yeah, we'll do what we can with this segment, definitely. Okay. Um, there is also a... The most recent episode of The White Book has also mm-hmm. talked about um, deck building. They've spent a lot of time talking about cost curves and numbers of different cards um, in some depth, which could be useful. Well, it could just be white noise, so we're going to keep it a lot more concise than they did. I listened to it over at Cheeky Nando's yesterday, and it was quite enjoyable. Oh, uh, just, sorry. Nando's do takeaway. Sorry, throwing that out there as quick as possible. They've started doing takeaway in certain places across the country. They've Moving done takeaway for ages, but do you mean delivery? Delivery. Delivery uh, on Nando's. I swear it was. If not, the flyer was lying to me. But I saw this flyer, I looked at it, and it was too quick for me to turn my head fully because I was driving, I was busy. Um and I turned, and it was ah, Nando's delivery. And it's—I was gonna say—is this a because there are like specialist companies in London and stuff that will That's deliver insane. any food to you? Oh, uh, so it could really? be a company like that. Yeah, like you can <laughs> say, oh well, I want a McDonald's, so they'll get you a McDonald's or whatever. Nice. Um, so it could be that. But Nando's have done actual takeaways for a long. Yeah, they're time. like Wagamama's, aren't they? You can go in and get it in like a carry-out box. Yeah, because I if I go down to London on the train from work. I always get a Nando's before I get on the... Uh, cheeky Nando's. I get a Cheeky what? Nando's to take with me. And I'm then... going... I'll be back in two minutes. I'm going to order a Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, yeah, and then I get a pint, pint of Stella or something on the train and I'm, I'm gold. You, you're set up really, Dave. You're in a restaurant environment while moving at 80 kilometres an hour through the countryside. Yeah, I'm about down to London to see, like, Martin or something. It's legit. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so... Deck building. Mm. Um... Yeah, the, the, <laughs> that's the white book said. I guess a good place to start is your gold curve. No, um, no, did you say? I I like to go another way, Dave, as I'm sure you're aware. Right, go on. <laughs> I like to get all the characters I want out to figure out how much gold I'm going to need. I meant I meant for us to start. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, for everyone yeah. else, <laughs> uh, a lot of top players recommend that you start building your with your plot deck. 
But a lot of other people build their deck and then fit the plot deck around it. I think at this point there's not too much difference between the two because mm. it's hard to build a unified plot deck with only 27 plots. Yeah. Many we have. Certainly compared to first edition where some plot decks you build and then you build your deck around them. Um, yeah, cities and all the stuff, yes. Yeah, uh, but the gold curve is essentially how expensive your characters are on a range across your entire deck. Not just your characters, all your stuff, but your characters most importantly. You need to have enough low-cost characters to uh, get good setups and to ensure you always have plain soak. But you need high-cost characters to actually do something. And you need... Um, High cost characters to avoid first snow of winter when that comes out, which is mm. only a couple of months away, and I can't oh. wait for. It's going to be awesome. Um, so in first edition, a good. I, I remember reading an article by uh, Brett Zyler, Stark Knights deck, and it showed you he laid out all his characters: zero gold, one gold, two gold, three gold, like we do when we build a deck now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said you want roughly fifty percent of your characters to be below two gold or below, which allows you a nice range. Um, and, and I mean, in first edition, most people wouldn't go above four cost unless you play a Martel. So, um, yeah, so it's roughly split there. I found a good success with, roughly speaking, 50% of my cards below three gold in second edition. I don't know if you've had any success with that, Craven, your rough gold curve of your characters. Um, That's allowed well, enough claim soak and decent setups for me. Less than fifty percent costing less than three gold. Um, yeah, I three think three gold or less. I Sorry. think that's a reasonable, um, reasonable thing to aim for. Definitely, you've got to be very careful because, as I've already mentioned, you know, you take a high of a normal proportion of attachments and so forth. Then you start chucking in a high number of high cost characters. Even with eight gold, your setups can be terrible. And saying that, a lot of my setups. I would consider poor by first condi- uh, first edition standards at the moment in terms of the numbers of cards I'm getting out. I've been happy with four cards in yeah. recent games. I can't remember a time I've got above four. I think I've had one five. <laughs> Which is sad because... You, know, you have to go one cards. better, don't you, Dave? Eh? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I have had... Obviously, we've all had seven card setups in first edition, but it wasn't exactly you know, unheard of. I had two or three in one tournament once. Um, but yeah, four cards seems to be all right to aim for. Yeah, all the better though. Uh, when you do set up, you want to set up more cards. Obviously, sometimes number of cards is better than gold. Oh, definitely. In ways, it depends on the the spread. Um, I'd rather spend eight gold and three cards than zero gold and uh, well, not zero gold obviously, but like two gold and four cards. That's a terrible example. Yeah, um, I know what you're saying, though. I would always rather go for a number of cards going down yeah. over value because you're digging deeper into your deck. And at the moment, draw is at such a premium yeah. that any extra cards you can see are well worth it. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's that's my first point on characters would be if you try and split the curve. You, you want it to look like a bell curve, your characters. Yeah. Aimed around the three, four cost kind of um, area. <laughs> Uh, are you laughing at the bell, Peel? The bell? The fact that I said bell curve. A little bit. I thought you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, you want it to look like a penis or a bell end on your graph of characters. Um, and. Uh, lost my train of thought. 
Yeah, and from there, you know, gradually, as you get more and more expensive characters, you want fewer... Well, as you get to the expensive characters, you want fewer of them, generally speaking. Now, it's not always possible at the moment to do that because you will want to include dupes of the big ones in a lot of decks. Yeah. I know I'm running three Roberts in my Baratheon deck, but I'm only running one Stannis. Hmm. Um, so it's a bit of a wobbly bit at the end. Uh, three Melisandres, one Stannis, three Bobs. And... Uh, looking at my deck for the ah. weekend, I run three Balon, three uh, Varys, three um, <clears throat> Tyrion, and that is my five and above. So you're not running Euron? No Euron, no. That's interesting. See, I've been playing around with Martell Banter to the Watch, mm. and I'm not running the Viper. And I'm not running Jon Snow, but I am running Doran. I think he's my only six cost. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to slot in a Varus if I can. So, but only two copies of Doran. Uh, Doran. That's a, the gold curve is a lot lower because I need a lot of characters to defend challenges for the wall. Yeah, exactly. You, you just can't be letting it through unopposed. Yeah. So I've got a few five costs. I've got um, some Ariannes and some Benjins, but And uh, some Little Fingers. Is he five cost? Little Fingers five, yeah. Oh, sorry, I've got one Little Finger. Yeah. Um, so I've got a few of them, but above that, I just, I've just cut them all because they just sat in my hand too long. Well, there's a, there was a thing I read when I was looking into deck building for first edition, which um, has stuck with me ever since. So I can't remember who it was who, who first posted this, but it was a really valuable thing for me to keep in mind when I was still learning. Um, and that was when you're looking at a deck, you need to consider um, three things. The first one isn't really relevant at the moment, but it was, what's your answer to Valamagalus? Mm-hmm. Or how at least will you cope with Valamagalus? Uh, the second was, where is your draw coming from? And the third is, what, is your, what does your deck look like when it wins? Mm-hmm. So what, what do you expect the board state to be? What are you aiming for to win with it? And keeping those three things in mind as you're building a deck um, helps it sort of stay true and sort of honest. So something you just mentioned, Dave, was really useful in that regard. But your Night's Watch deck, your Night's Watch deck needs to be defending challenges. So as a result of that, you're more beneficial having a higher spread of weenie characters to throw in front of a challenge than perhaps my Greyjoy deck, which is looking really to power up Euron, uh, sorry, not Euron, Balon, and keep pushing through high strength challenges to one person. So our decks are naturally going to be constructed differently because they're going for different sort of goals in terms of winning. So a something to keep in mind when you're putting things together. What is it you're actually trying to do? And what you're putting in, is it going to help achieve that? Because it's not as simple as just saying, well, it wins by getting to 15 power. Every deck, every deck gets to that in a different way. Yeah. If your deck revolves around the wall, you need characters to defend. Yeah. If your deck revolves around the Viper, you might need some strength boosts, for instance. Although yeah. if it revolves around... Revolves around the Viper, you're not winning any games, so... Yeah, exactly. Don't bother yeah. at all. Do what you want, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, rough numbers of cards in a deck. I, I would... I'll be loath to go above 60 cards in a deck at the moment. Ooh, Although someone's I, changed his tune. I, I, yeah, I often go to 62 at, um, in first edition, because there are a lot of good cards. But I think I can be harsh enough with myself in second edition to stay at 60 cards because there are still chuds and things that aren't that good so just be harsh with yourself to begin with it will make you a better deck builder in the long run don't go easy on yourself because then you'll turn into someone sloppy like me Um, but 
you draw at least two cards a turn in Thrones, all things being equal. And generally speaking, you want to be top decking a character, at least one character every turn, because you need to add to the board. You need to come back from military claim. So unless you're playing hard control like Knights of the Hollow Hill in first edition, you need to be running at least 30 characters. And I would err on the side of running more than that in most decks at the moment. Yep, I'd say that's a very, very worthwhile um, point. 30 characters, bare minimum. And I do mean bare minimum. If you can get away with more, do it. Um, I, I would even consider going as high as maybe 35 in, in the current environment, if you can. Yeah. Um, just for exactly what you just said. So you've always got a presence. And, of course, you've got to be careful because the amounts will vary depending on the rest of your deck. I mean, if you've got three copies of Bob, three copies of Stannis, three copies of Melisandre, that's nine characters, but you're going to need more than 21 to support them because yeah. that's only three characters, but it's taking up nine slots in your deck. Um, so if you're running a lot of duplicates, you'll probably running, want to run more than 30 character cards, whereas in first edition you could aim for 30 and quite happily run 30 different cards. Well, unique copy, unique cards anyway. You could get up to 30 running different ones. That's something to take into account, the number of duplicates to the number of characters you're running in your deck. Yeah, and as for the carpool expands, I think the number of duplicates that are appearing in decks will naturally decrease because it isn't an efficient way of putting cards in, to be honest. Losing big characters isn't the end of the world if you've got another decent big character to replace them. Yeah. But losing a big character when you've got another two copies of it going to pop up somewhere can be absolutely crippling. And if you triple that, like the deck you just mentioned... Yeah. You're in big trouble. The first game I played against uh, Peel, turn two, he flips uh, heads on spikes into my summons. OP. Restrict. He makes me go. He, <laughs> takes, he goes first. He uses summons to go first. Um, and I, what I wanted was a dupe for Melisandre. But I couldn't get a dupe for Melisandre because then he was more likely to pinch Melisandre from my hand. So I already had one. Um, so I had to get a chud just to protect myself from heads on spikes. <coughs> and then my Melisandre got picked anyway, so there were two more dead cards in my deck. Um, so yeah, dupes are bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dupes are good at the moment because of because you can set them up. They're much better than first edition. They can't be cancelled. Can't be cancelled. Which makes me incredibly sad because I love cancelling saves, as you may have heard. Yep. Um, so what I've got, I've got to get off on uh, cancelling bodyguards with treachery. That's my only way at the moment. Oh, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to be honest, Dave. We're going to have to rewrite the entire introduction uh, for 2.0 because you know it's just not happening anymore. Well, there's no white ravens either. There's, there isn't. It's all going to have to be changed. <laughs> but Peel, you still you you still play for fun, don't you? Well, I don't know. I might go competitive at Starlack. Who knows? It'll be a new issue. Well, well, first edition. So. We've got a little bit of a thing this this week of obviously bringing back stuff I've said on the cast. So I'd like to remind everyone that Peel said that. It, He's going to win, Starlek. Completely. I am. <laughs> Didn't you I promise to... I don't even know why we're... And if he does, I've got to buy him the whole castle. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was some sort of agreement. <laughs> what was the... What is it I have to do if I don't win Starlek? Did we ever agree on something along those lines? Or I don't think we ever did because... Oh, that's fine. Oh, Let's buy him a that pint. <laughs> That'll <Yeah>. do. <laughs> I will buy you a pint if Two I don't Two euros. <laughs> <laughs> I can stretch for that. <laughs> okay. So, uh... <laughs> Once you've got your characters, <laughs> you look at the other cards in your deck. Um, Peel has a habit of including lots of locations. Part of that is the fact that he's a Greyjoy player. Uh, They're fun. They the do things. That... <laughs> part They're of it is the fact that um, 
black sails encourages a massive deck size. Uh, but I see. I don't think it does. You know, I don't agree with you on this point. Yeah, but I think, I think it does. I think the whole idea of Black Sails is so you can run every possible thing you could ever want, and then you could play around with it in any I'm way you want. I'm almost fairly certain that isn't the point of Black Sails. <laughs> I don't think that's in the subtext. <laughs> I th- well, I don't want to get into it here, but you don't. I don't like 60-card Black Sails decks, because you why. deck yourself. But I think 70 is a better option. 70 is not too bad. I like the 75 kind of mark. I think it's not 114. It's like not 114 anymore. It's, no, it's 81. But it was 96 before I got to it. Well, it actually, no, doesn't even fit in a deck box anymore. He has to bring it in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> and look at the variety of attacks I can do. <laughs> Where's my 1x Victorian? I need him. <laughs> uh, he's not in my hold. No. <laughs> so you're on yeah. summoning season as well. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yes. Yes, Dave. <laughs> okay, so let's not run summoning season. Yes, let's run um, summoning season. Let's talk about non-character cards. Uh, generally speaking, you want to limit the number of non-setupable cards in your deck. Yes. As a rule, I mean, in first edition, they you know say what it's it's fifteen cards you can't set up is arguably too many. That includes events and attachments, but in second edition. Oh, God, I would be extremely concerned if I was running 15 that couldn't be set up at all. Yeah, no, that's, that is I am... like very high end of the curve. Um, my, sorry, my, I was going to say for, my, for the 2.0, my biggest problem has been because of the cards I can use for setup, because obviously you've got the, half the economy locations, in fact, pretty much all of them are limited, yeah. which at the moment is a massive crippler. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I, I know, obviously, yes, it's great to have cheap cards. It's great to be able to run them, but you, you can't get out that many locations on the first hand if they're limited. Well, you can only put out one. You then left sat there like, hmm, what else can I use? So it's, it's all well and good having them in your hand and like looking at them and going, oh, they're really cheap. They're really useful. I can use these. But you can only play one per turn anyway, unless you run a specific plot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, in first edition, I wouldn't want to run more than five limited cards. No. Uh, but by necessity, you're generally having to run more. I'm currently running nine in most of my decks. Yeah, and it uh, you end up just sitting is... with them, just like looking at them, going, hmm, "You're nice." It's it's not great. I, I don't really like it. Um, no, no, I don't. But it's better, as I'm going to say when I get onto plots. Mm. I don't like running economy plots because I'm a first edition player and I like my plots to do things. <laughs> um, yep. <laughs> and while a lot of players are playing playing economy plots i'm trying to stay away from that and try to make it work with the economy in the deck that creates more variance which is bad but it's not been too bad see it's going to be actually very exciting at the next tournament the next proper tournament we have where you've got all the 1.0 players who are coming on to 2.0 seeing i reckon there's going to be a massive split in the way they've built their decks um just because the 2.0 players are obviously they're only ever have played 2.0 they're only going to be looking for specific things whereas um 1.0 players are going to be uh, a little bit kind of more heading towards different features like the plot features etc I think they're going to be more favourable of the plots that do specific things than anything else whereas I reckon uh, you're going to still see a lot of the original plots when you're playing two, in 2.0 because people are going to be running them just for the gold yeah so I I mean James has been running two copies of a noble cause in his decks at the moment and I can't bear to do that because although yeah great seven gold Mm. it doesn't really do anything <laughs> like, I, like I'm like i liking a Game of Thrones because it does something 
I even like a feast for crows because if you win dominance, it gets you extra power and it's good gold. Mm. I like karma over Westeros. I like filthy accusations. Um, the cards that do things make me happy. I like wildfire. Wildfire, yeah, that's a good card. Um, so, the way I'm building my decks is with good plots, and then compensating in the deck for the economy. Uh, but it, if you're new, it could be better to start with some economy plots to make sure you can play blokes and get used to playing blokes. Yeah, while the location pool is a bit kind of poor <laughs> yeah. on the economy front, it might be worth just focusing mainly on just your economy plots at the moment. That's what I mean. Yeah, noble cause is. Um... I think a necessity at this stage in the game, for, for the reasons we've already said. Well, well I haven't played it in, once yet. Have you not? No, well, I played it in like we when we played the pickup games with the pre-made decks. I think I played it then. I haven't included it in a deck. Okay. Yeah, and I've won the vast majority of my games. <laughs> um, I have packed my decks with economy. <coughs> I'm running nine limited locations and the in-house reducers. We just need some streets, don't well, we? We need some classic 12, streets. Which is what yeah. 12 economy things is what I used to run in first edition as a rule. Mm. And I'm running 12 now. Even though the King's got King's Road is a shit compared to the Seas. <laughs> you look at the King's Road and you think, this is really good. And then you're just like, well, it's a sea of power that costs one gold. Which essentially mm. makes it a narrow sea. And the narrow seas aren't limited. So it just makes me sad. But they're still useful. Um, yeah. So, I guess... Build... I don't know. I'll, I'll summarise so far, and then if we want to jump in with anything else, we can do. Um, keep to 60. You want at least 30 characters. You want to build it with a gold curve in mind, so you've got a vaguely bell shape. Um, thank you, Peel. Uh, <laughs> I'll... Uh, if you can do without including too many duplicates, that can be better for your deck. If you are including lots of duplicates, you probably want slightly more chuds as well to compensate for the fact that you might not be drawing playable characters. Um, or either if they're dead or already on the field and you want to draw someone, something else. Um, when it comes to duplicates, don't run duplicates of left and right. And in fact, don't run left and right. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're just bad cards. Um, I should have got James on just to talk about left and right for 15 minutes. And oh, God. Pub. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like to build plot decks with plots that do things but in this current meta it is also important to think about your gold um, so I've been over egging my deck gold you might want to use gold economy plots that's completely up to you um, yeah try not to include too many cards you can't set up in this currently it's just lots of limited cards and events that you can't really set up but it's worth bearing in mind. And negative attachments. Yeah, um, being able to set up attachments has changed that dramatically. Yeah. To be fair. Uh, I mean, you've also got to consider the fact that events cost gold, so you need to build that slightly into your gold curve. Yeah. Uh, which we didn't have to do before. I could just include my three he calls it thinking and be done with it. Um, <laughs> now they're going to cost gold and I won't be able to use them in the plot space. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if... Do you want to cover anything else on deck building? I would say when you're sort of putting together decks with, with um, lots of synergy in them, um, which is always a good thing to do, try not to put too many cards in which will hinge on another card being there to do something. 
this kind of goes roughly into what you're saying about plots. Like, it's nice to have a plot that comes out and does something on its own. That's great. But if you put in card A because you want it to work with card B, don't over rely on that happening because if you get A and B doesn't come out, you've wasted it. Yeah, that is a great point. I did think about this earlier and completely forgot. Do not look when you look at a card and you think, I want to put this in my deck. Think, firstly, am I going to want to draw this when I need to top deck something good? If the answer is no, you want to reconsider considerably. There are plenty of cards I've seen where I think, oh, I can use it for this and this and this and this and this. But how edge are those cases? And um, yeah, do you want to top deck this when all you need is a character? I mean, yeah. there's not too many cards in first in the core set that are like that. But things like Wolf's Wood, which make direwolves ambush. Now, it's crap, but... Oh, that could be quite fun, you know. I could ambush in a dire wolf halfway through an intrigue challenge, <laughs> and then I could use like warm rain to murder their attacking character. Yeah, which is a great combo, but you're including a wolf's wood, which doesn't really do anything half the time. You're including the dire wolves, which aren't that good, and keeping them and gold in hand. And playing Stark. And it's a three card combo. And you're playing Stark, which are boring to begin with, so stop playing Stark. Um, so just bear in mind that, yeah, if you try and have your cards do things. All the time. Like, Milk of the Poppy's great because there's so many targets for it. Um, but something like... I don't, I don't know. Other things aren't good because there aren't. <laughs> I can't think of an example right now. Uh, yeah, you don't want to top deck something crap. So try not to think of things just in the, in the optimum case. <laughs> I guess. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, so I was I played um, Door, House of Dreams Door and Solar a couple of years ago, when it first came out. And one of the cards I included was... Dave the Hipster Pete. Strikes Again. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing it when it first came out. No one <laughs> plays it, so... <laughs> but it was... I played it before it first came out, I was testing it. I did that before, it was cool, boy. And then, uh, and then got bored of it by the time it was released. So you're effectively <laughs> now saying you know him before he was signed. Yeah, I know him before he was signed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's much better back then. Sold out, hipster Dave. Okay, can I talk about my hipster deck, please? Yeah, go on. <laughs> so, House of Dreams Door and Solar wants you to discard cards from your hand to draw more cards, in essence. Um, and you start with the location play, which allows you to do that. And there's this card called Brightwater Keep, which, when a card is discarded from hand, you can return it to your hand, which is great, because you don't lose your cards. But unfortunately, this is a three-cost location, which doesn't do anything else. Or three-cost if you're playing it in Martell. So that's an example of a card which, while it was great when it's out, every time I drew it, I either had to spend three gold on this location, which tended to get blown up very quickly, or it just sat in my hand being a dead card. I think that's a good example for first edition players, and hopefully second edition players can take something from that as well. Um, okay, so hopefully uh, that was useful for people who are new to the game and want to start building decks. Um, I mean... If anyone, I don't know about you, but if anyone's really unsure, they can always send us a message. We generally reply to them pretty bloody quick, to be fair, because there's three of us with it linked to our phone. Yeah, we've already said um, that, so. <laughs> Which is my, yeah, exactly. My advice isn't exactly going to be as solid as most people's, but still, it'll definitely be something. So, yeah, feel free uh, to ask us if you want input on specific cards or anything like that. Um, yeah, happy to help. Yeah. Okay, so. That's enough of second edition. Let's play. Let's talk about the proper game. Let's talk about first edition. Yeah. Ooh. Last week there was a fuck. Oh! 
A fucking fack. A fucking fack. Uh, yeah. So, do do you want me to just go through it all, and we'll uh, we'll talk about, or should we talk about each change in turn? Yeah. yeah go on. Turn. Go through it all. Okay. So there's two errata. There is uh, Viserys Targaryen, who you stack attachments on him, and for every attachment you he's got, you need one less power to win. Now you need a minimum of five power to win. So you can't just play 15 attachments on him in one turn and win. Which is good, because Dennis took it to four and two at Gen Con and narrowly missed the cut. And that would have been ridiculous if he had won with that. Um, James has been trying to make that deck work since he got the card, essentially. Uh, and now it can't work. <laughs> Which is uh, reassuring. <laughs> um, All that time. So, so that's good. It was the... F- Arata necessary? Probably not. There's only two tournaments left. But as a like a, a for people who want to go back and play first edition in the future, it probably makes sense. Well, we're going to keep it around us for. Yeah, obviously we're going to keep our draft set built, so we can yeah. draft whenever we like. It's going to be wonderful. Um, the other Arata is to Snakeskin Veil, which you attach to a Sand Snake character, and they are immune to opponents' non-plot effects. Now, I love Snakeskin Veil because I like putting it on the Red Viper and making him even more immune than he already was. Well, now you can't. <laughs> and now I can't because it's Sand Snake characters, printed Sand Snake characters only. So you can only put on actual real Sand Snakes, which is boring. Because I liked making the Viper his own daughter and then making him immune to everything. Uh, but it, as they uh, said in the article, it wasn't great when you put it on Beric and he can't be killed, he can't be discarded and he's immune to non-plot effects. Which was pretty strong. Yeah. Basically, do you have an answer to Beric? No. Can you win before Beric starts to get the train rolling? If you can't, GG. I win. Thank you. Well, that's interesting though, because you have mentioned before that Beric tends to do well at Starlock and other European tournaments. That may change now. Mm. Yes, he almost certainly will. Mm-hmm. I think now you have to play him as the. Uh, you have to play the. The good stuff, not. It's hard to say that because Brotherhood isn't very good. But you have to play it as a more rounded deck. Like we were discussing a couple of months ago, or a couple of weeks ago, um, the Martell build, which runs the Scavengers, and it runs the Brotherhood characters, and just a decent Martell build, but Brotherhood for the Scavengers, essentially. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, your house card is a bit more vulnerable now, with Gaston Grey, and yes. so on and so forth. So, it's a shame, really. Uh, yeah. So they're the errata. Uh, should we go on to the restrictions? Yeah, go on. Okay. Well, there's nothing. There's nothing that's come off the restricted list, is there? So no, nothing's off the restricted list. But I believe four things have gone on. So yeah. the first one is Dragon Pit because everyone's been mo- moaning about it for the last two years. Good. Uh, I so... fucking hate Dragon Pit yeah. so much. <laughs> Glad it's gone. Uh, the lead designer, Nate, is a Lannister player, so no surprises here, perhaps, that he wants Lannister to win Worlds three years in a row. Whoa, this is a wild <laughs> accusation. This I'm isn't... not the first one to make it. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you saying there's a conspiracy in the midst? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Ooh. We'll see. I'll get drunk at Worlds. Think... <laughs> Such shouting allegations. <laughs> you fucking corrupted it all. So That's because... fine. Just I'm play fine to... with that. Play Targaryen, Dave. You saw it. You'll win. Well, not now. Dragon Pit is... Uh, oh, that is a point, Dragon yeah. Pit's restricted. Um, <laughs> but if Lannister is strong, Martell is strong. And Martell are my favourite house, so that's fine. Uh, but yeah, Dragon Pit's gone, so that's good. 
Uh, especially with the restriction of the next card, which is Threat from the North. Yes. Which is the best card that Dragon Bit had. Good. Uh, for those who are still listening that are second edition players, Dragon Pit, if you had more cards in Shadows, which are face-down cards, essentially, for what, that you can bring out later, yeah. uh, than your opponent, your opponent's characters get minus one strength. And Threat from the North was a plot where all characters get minus one strength and are discarded if, threat was, if the strength is zero. So with the two, your opponent's getting a blanket minus two strength and being discarded, which was a pretty decent one-sided reset. Uh, yeah. My Nationals deck was built around abusing Threat from the North, or that's one of the things it did. Um, so now my Nationals deck has lost it as well, because the Maester's Path is restricted, as well as Threat from the North. So that's a shame. I can't take that to Worlds. It's not that I was going to anyway, because it was unoptimized. Um, Shit deck. Yeah. Uh, so people are saying that Burn is dead in the water. Nah. I think it's that's lost. what Burn wants you to think. Yeah, it's, it's lost Dragon Pit, which was the centerpiece for Burn decks. That was, you know, you played House of Dreams Dragon Pit, and it's lost. Uh, it's lost Threat from the North. I feel so, like we're in that stage in a horror movie where, like, the villain has been shot, but no one's gone to check the body. Yeah, Burn, <laughs> this like, is Burn's, Burn's been this... shot and it's been dumped in the river, and now everyone's back at the house party getting jiggy. <laughs> but Burn's in the backyard, <laughs> looking in. It's not dead. No one checked. You should always shoot it in the head. It's like Friday the 13th. Have you learnt nothing? Someone <laughs> should have gone out there and shot Burn in the head. And killed her son as well. But, but no one did. Burn's alive. <laughs> okay. Nice analogy there, boys. <laughs> so, what? don't forget about it. Don't Watch out. There will still be Burn. Someone will be playing... Well, Ian will be playing Targaryen, without a doubt. Um... Yeah, obviously I've been playing a bit of Targ two 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 in last in recent months, hmm. um, and the heavy reset side of that is still good. You lose the burn, but wasn't too fussed anyway. You got bleeds. <laughs> bleeds is better than burn. Bleeds kills everything. Well, yeah. discards everything, not just things that are strength one or less. Um. So yeah. So watch out. Uh, and of course, something that also makes two 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 much better is the next restriction, which was Harren Hall, bam, bam, bam. which of course is the Harren Hall of locations and the Northern Patriarch of locations. Is that the Prize Two one, Dave? It's the uh, Prize Two one. Is that the one that you didn't run, Dave? I didn't run it. No, and now I wouldn't tit. be able to run it. I'm. I don't know. I mean, I don't like Harren Hall. I think it's an obnoxious, stupid little card. But um, I never really minded it because. Having played Greyjoy for the last 18 months, it was two power a game for me. Yeah, true. Um, I'm glad to see it go because I like big flashy triggers. Yeah. And Harrenhal ruins my fun. Yes. Um, but there is nothing more satisfying than whittling an opponent's board down and then favourable grounding their Harrenhal. Yes. You're like, cancel that, you fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Wedge. <laughs> um... So yeah, that is fun. Or deliberately drawing out the Harrenhal triggers. So I'm going to trigger this. Come on. Kill your blokes. Kill your blokes. And march the last one to the wall. Or so on and so forth. Um, so Harrenhal's gone. But is, yeah. is it is it going to come back? I think it's still good in certain builds. Heavy aggro builds, perhaps. Uh, yeah, I think um, Siege could do a good, good job of it. Yeah. 
Siege used to sort of traditional decent siege would run what fear or maybe negotiations, and also have yeah. Harren Hall. But I reckon if you lost one of the plots and kept Harren Hall, you should be okay. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I've seen uh, Rowan and um, Ryan use the kindly man to great effect with Harren Hall, as yes. Rowan was discussing a couple of weeks ago. You know, killing um, killing Lucas Blackwood. Yes, is great. Uh, killing your house number berserkers so you can just recur them later, or you know, just killing the kindly man on command is really important. Yeah, um, I think Greyjoy could make some use out of Harren Hall as well, simply because Greyjoy haven't got a, a lot of competition at restricted slots. Yeah, and they have uh, things like newly made lord, which are fairly disposable once they're on the board. Yeah, and fun, and also very good for blowing up Harren Hall. I might throw that one in there. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, of course they've got the saves so that if you lose your claim soak to Harrenhal, you can still protect your blokes. Yes. Yeah, which is, yeah. I, I like it. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it will be forgotten. I think there'll still be a, a memorial Harrenhal around. <laughs> yeah. Makes me sad. A memorial. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the last restriction is Valerian Steel Link. What the? Oh, honestly, what the fuck is Why? that? Why? It's. And when I first saw it, I was just like, oh, that sucks, but it's not the end of the world. But the more I think about it, it's just, it is the end of the world. You know what? That fucking sucks. It's destroyed Maesters. Maesters are the most fun deck. I don't get it. I really but don't they, understand why. Why that... did they re-release the Conclave and then ban other things? Yeah. Sorry, Craven, I cut you into it. See, I, Valerian I Steel Link is better than the Conclave. Yeah. Right, for an <sighs> the abusive um, links in, in Maesters... <laughs> Right, where it's a combination, but with Fret gone and Dragon Pit gone, essentially, um, yeah, the abusive link you could say it was a lead link, but with the component parts of the burn bit gone, perhaps it isn't. Steel link is fairly abusive, yeah, but the rest of the links aren't a problem. And this Valyrian steel link is honestly one of the reasons you run the agenda out of most houses. Certainly out of Greyjoy, it's completely destroyed Maester's build for everybody, I'd say, apart from really, in my opinion, Lannister. Because Lannister don't need to import a draw card. They've got enough natural draw to get by. But then, why, why the fuck would you bother? It just it seems such a strange restriction. I can't get my head around it. I think, um, I don't know, is, Rusted Maesters might still be playable because, I mean, Moraxes is such a strong draw card. I'm um, uh, but it does really hurt from losing... Valerian Steel Link. Yeah. And also, Valerian Steel Link is another on-demand Neil card, isn't it? Yeah. Which the other ones trigger after Neiling. So it enables so much stuff. And I just think it's a real shame to see Maesters basically just nailed into a box and thrown over a bridge. <laughs> but are they? That's the thing. Is it like Burn? Are they just still alive? Are they the yeah, other? Are, are they also, are they maybe sneaking in through your attic or coming up through your drains? Who knows? No, I think, honestly, this is one of those scenarios where, you know, are they watching the, you while you sleep? Where the, the dainty blonde protagonist has actually picked up a shotgun and blown someone's brains out. They, they are dead and gone. They have bought the farm. The thing is, I thought, yeah, as, you know, obviously we had a whole episode on Maesters. We were a bit, a we bit love biased. Maesters. We yeah. love it. Uh, and a lot of our uh, friends in the UK community love Maesters. <laughs> so, I mean, whenever we brew up a deck, it, it almost always out of Maesters, isn't it? We're just like, yeah. we should do this. And what makes it much better is the Pale Steel Link. So have that. <laughs> <laughs> and Maesters just make the deck hum. Like We've got so many combo decks that rely on 
the maesters. And some of that is Valerian Steel Link and the thin deck to make sure you get your pieces. Yeah, it's like... It's a real shame. To continue the film analogy, you know, using the whole horror f- film bit for Burn, like when the FAQ broke when we was on air and the Conclave came off, if that was a movie, at that point, Mace's decks were the ones sort of looking at a picture of their wife saying, oh, when this war's over, I'm going to buy myself a house and marry that girl. <laughs> <laughs> and we was all so naive. We didn't see it coming. But they never make it home, do they? No. no. Been shot in the face. (laughs) It's a goddamn suicide mission. So, I don't think there's going to be another fact after Starlek. No. I hope there is. I hope they they take the link off and put on the steel link instead. See, I don't think they're going to in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) They won't at all. But I... I think that there should. It depends what happens at Worlds and Starlek. But if there is something that will shape the 1.0 meta forever then they might want to answer that as a legacy fact um, for people who still want to play it. Not that we will, because we'll be playing draft and unrestricted until the end of time. But uh, Yeah, true. But I, I do well, think that hitting the lead link, no, hitting the steel link would have stopped Mace the shenanigans that weren't Burn. And obviously Burn's already hit. I feel like it's just kicking the Maces as well. They're down, really, isn't it? It's like, oh, well, we've tripped you up. We've taken away your leg, Kate. Now we're going to kick you in the face and take your wallet. See you in a bit. Yeah. This is Harry Brown all over again, boys and girls. Yeah. And you're not having a Harry Brown. No, you're not having a Harry Brown. This is Plan B is going to shoot you and his uncle owns the pub. And you're Michael Caine using the gun and killing drugs. Right, that's so... it. That's the synopsis. <laughs> yeah, we've got to watch it now. I feel like uh, Maesters is a deck that I now want to keep built for forever in like an unrestricted format to show new players what the wonders of first edition were like. Uh, just like, do you want to play against the best deck we've got? Yeah, okay. You don't so, want to scare them off though, do you? Let's be honest. So, like... so this is a Maesters deck. And I'll just pretend all my chains are terminal. Let's do this. And just play with 2.0 rules and just... This is the wonders of first edition. Dave, you tried to do that when you were trying to teach some of second edition, and it didn't work. It, I didn't. It, 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 Give it, it up. Uh, but that was when I said that uh, that's when my chains were returning to hand. <laughs> yeah. And that was wonderful. Uh, but push. just as a, oh, you need, people need to see it. They need to see the Maesters. But they might be back. Maesters might come back. We've got the trait, and we've got a chain coming in the first pack. We there do. could be a sequel, let's be honest. There could be um, a sequel. I really hope there is. Or a oh. remake, a reboot. I, I don't think it calls for a reboot. I think a, a full-on sequels in hand, well, like a dra- Jurassic well, World type thing. Not, not like a just dark, as cool as the original, edgy sequel, like like reboot, like um, Batman Begins was. Yeah. So that you know, all the maesters will have like emo flicks and stuff. <laughs> no, kind of like um, Rollerball, right? Modernized, yeah. Glossier, yeah. Less um, James Khan. <laughs> I like to Less think of it music. maybe like a Mad Max. Who knows? You never know. Oh, no, Mad that's Max re- Maesters. That's a reboot of all reboots. That's a reboot of reboots. Mad Maesters. Yeah. I like that. Mm. Okay. So, any more comments on the fact? I Seems think it was just... Fruitile. Yeah, a bit of a disappointing one overall. I'm glad to see Burn go, because I fucking hate it, but I just wanted a bit more. I wanted to see something more. I wanted something to come off. Yeah. Threat from the East. <laughs> no one's going to play it. Well... Barra players will play it because it's banter with the laughing storm. But um, no one else will. No one else will. It's not. We like... won't even know it's come off. Yeah, 
Until we see it in a tournament, they go, oh. Oh, for fuck's sake, they're from the East. Oh, well. Um, that brings me on to cards beginning with O. Three. For fuck's sake, because uh, my favourite card beginning with O is Oberon Shieldbearer. Oh, okay. Uh, do you know what that does? I, I do. have O up in front of me, actually, and I, in fact, have him up in front of me as well. Okay. So mm. for those who don't, he's a two-for-two two character with a military icon. And as an any phase action, if it's summer, you can discard him from play to cancel the next three effects triggered by a single opponent until the end of the round. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, and when you play it, people just go, "Ah, oh, for fuck's sake!" And then you go, "I'm gonna pop him," and they just can't do anything. Yeah, it's uh, it's wonderful playing against two 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 decks. It's just like you can't do shit. It's a genuinely frightening card. He is. He's a big investment. Two gold and a card sometimes do nothing um, I played against another Gaston deck with him once and when they're just like oh so I can return the character to hand and your character doesn't get back to hand I was like yeah he's like okay well I'll use all my triggers on Gaston and then Valor I was like oh shit he's just one sided board wipe now he can play all his characters again oh dear so it's not always a good card, and you know you can waste all the triggers with things like Cat Stark and Carl Drogo, but it's really fun. Fair enough. So that's mine. Okay, okay. Peel, what's yours? Ah, uh, well, after many, many, many minutes of looking through the O's, I've decided I'm going to abstain from choosing one because none of them are any good. Oh. <laughs> wow. So right. even even I chose one last week and I was so disappointed. Uh, if it helps that Dave's his old nan, old Dave's, nan, classy old nan, put a Nymeria on her so she doesn't. And that anywhere. was the only thing I could see. The old nan. That was the only thing that I even recognised. I mean, I've seen a few of them. There's a, there's a couple of carts. I was hoping there'd be a decent orc mount thing, but well, mine nah. is um, Oral the Eagle. Oral the yeah. Eagle. Ah, okay. When attacking two defenders, yes. I love Oral. Quite good for getting them nailed out, yeah. He's a boy. I mean, I can see how Orkman Reaver would be quite fun, just to like cut your nose off to spite your own face. Orkman um, Reaver. It's the one yeah. that near was all the locations. Oh no, no, no! Isn't he the one you discard him to to kill? Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, brilliant. It, he's prized too, though. Yeah. But that's that my only downfall. Too. I mean, ours for the taking. I played once in a deck, and it was it was quite amusing. Fellas, um, there's so many good O cards. Come on, Orphan of. Oh, no, he's Orphan is amazing. <laughs> that was Oak in my market. regional winning deck because I, I ran ah. off, I restricted. Orkwood Captain. Orkwood Captain, he's a lad. Yeah, after you win a challenge in which Orkwood Captain participated as an attacker, near all locations controlled by the defending player, uh, he will probably be going into my next um, Black Sails deck because I'm not sure why he's not in there at the moment. Oh, just I love it. Peel has gone from there's no good cards to like a minute later on. Corey's going in. <laughs> <laughs> It's because he hasn't finished going down all the cards. I have. I've scrolled through them all. I just missed one. I mean, I've got overzeal- Overzealous Scout, which I just find as amusing, uh, if nothing else. I just like his name. Uh, but I, I, I've scrolled onto P uh, accidentally, and I've seen some horrible that's, cards. That's next there. week. I know. I know. I know. But no, um, O is not uh, the best letter for me, um, to be honest. Uh, I mean, yeah, the cards I found are good. But other than old Nan, nothing really strikes me. As being standout, fantastic. Um, 
Yeah, sorry guys. That's O. That's O. All right. Well, have we got much else to add, or do we just close it there? Well, we could go with the. Uh, I could say I love Osha Greyjoy because she's like uh, Owen the TV oh, show. Yeah, no, it's Yara. Oh, is it Yara? Oh, fuck Yara. it. I always get them confused because they Yara. changed her name to get it confused to stop her being called Ara Asha because it might sound like Osha. Well, yes, but why did you call her Osha in the first place, you silly tits? Well, no, it definitely confused. It definitely confused Fionn because he tried a finger banger. He did. <laughs> Cheeky little, I, who was it who told that, that, that the other day? Um, yeah, it was Dave, wasn't it? Salisbury. What's he doing trying to finger bang his sister? He doesn't in the books. I don't know why he doesn't in the TV show. No one does. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a Londoner. He's a ruffian. I've, I've been watching Thrones with Secondary Dave. And we've just got to, because um, he, he had only seen the first two seasons until yes. recently. Uh, and he's, we've just got to Tyrion's trial. Uh, and he's loving it. Uh, um, but yeah. so many of it, he's like, why has this happened? I was just like, it doesn't happen in the books. He's like, oh, fair enough. Like, there's just so many instances where he's like, I don't understand why they've I done think that. the first he's time... Like, That's because it doesn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't well, the... make any sense. The first time I watched it through, I, I would talk to you about it and go, yeah, why, why does this happen, David? go, it doesn't in the books. So why the fuck they put it in the TV show for? Yeah, fucking retarded. Oh yes, let's get Theon to finger bang his sister on the back of a horse. That'll be atmospheric. We'll put that in. We want that. That's what the viewers want. A bit of incest. Incest is wincest, but twincest is better. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's ridiculous. I don't understand. Why would you add that scene? There was no need for it. Yes, the Lannisters are at it, but they're creepy little fuckers. The Greyjoys have none of that shit. They pillage and they rape. Yeah, like the uh, the when Jamie rapes Cersei on yeah, set. Yeah, on, on a dead and it's just like, well, well, the dead, the dead part doesn't bother me because that happens in the books. They have sex next to a corpse. Yes, but they but... don't. <laughs> just why is it rape now? It's consensual. She's not exactly going to win Mother of the Year if you don't make it look like she doesn't want to bang on her son's corpse. No, I like... mean, <laughs> well, they're not actually doing it on the corpse. Are they? Well, they kind of did in the TV show. They started no, it's off next to the corpse. It was on the platform. They were using the platform as an aid. I feel like that's effectively on top of a corpse. Well. Yeah, fair enough. It's, I'm, I realise I'm defending the indefensible here. It's like, they wasn't having sex on it. wasn't that bad. They were, <laughs> they they were just, used... just next to it. They weren't using no. it as foreplay, Tom. It really wasn't that bad. It's, um... the, uh, it's the fact that we're not taking the they shouldn't have incest in the sept uh, like next to a corpse. That's not an issue for us. It's the fact that it w- wasn't as bad in the books. Why have they changed it? <laughs> I don't see. Was like, we were completely fine with it in the books. Now they've made it rape, but that's too far. The sand snakes, right? The, the spice girls. You had whip, whip spice, dagger spice, and spear spice, and they did nothing apart from basically have a pretty solid entry into the best tits in Westeros award. But other than that, what was the well, point yeah. of them? Well, they just kind of look at these. They're three daughters of a legendary water warrior. Well, are they actually going to really fight? No, but they are going to get taken captive and poisoned, man. <laughs> like, well, why have we got them? Why why don't we just have Ariane instead? Ariane well, was fun. I'm, a, I'm assuming they were doing it all just to set up the whole poisoning thing and just be like, aha, look, we've poisoned Jamie. Take that. Um, we've poisoned your daughter, Cersei. I, I'm assuming that it was just they had to introduce that way of killing somehow, and I, I'm assuming that's why they did it. Except, I, except she isn't dead in the books. Oh, exactly. <laughs> She's still alive. She oh, has a scar. How are they going to reconcile this in the TV show? Because Jamie isn't the sort of person just to go, 
all right then. Never mind. Better go back <laughs> tell Cersei I fucked that one up as well. He's going to turn that boat around and he's going to start taking some fucking names. <laughs> Which one of you bastards killed my daughter? Oh, it's not really hard was to work out. Kissed her right before she left. <laughs> yeah, the person who had a very suspicious, complete change of heart about a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Who could have done it? Hmm. So, but what, what are they going to do? If they just send him home and he has to sort of present her body to Cersei, like, what? That happened a hundred yards from shore. You could have turned the boat around at that point. She was choking while you could see the boat, while they were still waving effectively, like giving it the wave goodbye as if you're waving off your grandparents. Like, bye, bye. Really shoddy. A Um, shoddy choice of poison, wasn't it? And also, a really stupid thing to do, because Tristan's still on the boat. So, thanks for the hostage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I suppose her their, their aim is to get a war started, isn't it? So, I suppose that does work in their favor a little bit. But not oh, having no. a hostage part. I'm not going to defend the Sand Snakes. That entire part of the show was bollocks. On the plus side, the guy who played Doran Martell was pretty good. He was yeah. pretty good. And Ario Hota did look like an absolute boss. Yeah. But all the cards have led me to believe he's a crinkly old man with a massive beard. So it was quite a sort of shock to see a sort of bald, giant black man holding that enormous glass axe. But still, he did look pretty cool. Yeah. But he didn't murder out anyone with his axe. I thought he was going to get Bron. I really yeah. thought he was going to get Oakarted, but um, he didn't. No, I, yeah, uh, I'm, you know, we need to murder someone with it. That's what the attachment does. We need to yeah. murder someone desperately. I mean, on the film, I'm I'm going to be really annoyed if they introduce the Greyjoys <laughs> and you see Euron pop up. Heya! How you doing, lovely? And he's like the just the complete and utter opposite of all casting is led to believe. And they just make the Greyjoys out as the most shit house on earth. Just like, right... Yeah, they've got a, a son who was captured by the Starks. Yeah, what can he do? Well, he's going to capture this castle and then be a little bitch. Cool, no worries, we'll have that. What about Asha? Yeah, she's going to get scared away by some dogs. Yep, cool, let's <laughs> yeah. fuck that one up. She uh, gave such a massive speech and then immediately sort of went like, nah, fuck it, he's dead. Yeah, especially <laughs> as she had to sail around the entire of Westeros to get there. I know, yeah. surely. The Dreadfort is in the east and Pike is in the west. I would sh- I would have probably just gone, lads, I'm sorry, uh... We've done a big journey. Shall we at least try and fight these three dogs and that little punzy guy over there in the corner as we're all big, massive Greyjoy guys with full armour and weaponry and can probably, if a dog attacks, stamp on its head? Um, or shall we just run away on our boat? Especially the books. Ramsay is a shit swordsman. Exactly. But, yeah, <laughs> but in the show, he's got like nine-inch thick plot armour. True, true. You can't if you can't penetrate Ramsay's plot armor. He is very crucial for some for the reason uh, he's just all over this TV show. Oh, Ramsay's in it. Why? Uh, you know why not? <laughs> I hope Matt Mickelson gets cast as Euron. Uh, have they announced a casting yet? No, Hannibal started filming. Hannibal's finished, and Mickelson's got nothing else to do. Yeah, he may as well do. Wants it. He's, he'll be so good. Oh, he'll be amazing. I'm still worried they're going to throw it all up. They're not casting Victorian, are they? I reckon they're going to combine both the characters into one person. Yeah, but what's the point? Because they're different. Ah! <laughs> yeah, no! I know, I know, mate. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering through this more than they're anyone. They're contrasting characters. They're just, one's a big fucking, rah, I'm going to burn you all down, and the other one's cunning and stealthy and... Yeah. And also Benjamin Stark. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I... also Benjamin Stark. And they probably won't cast Dampere either. No. Well, no, Dampere's already been in it. He wasn't named. Yeah, but it was him. I guess it was clearly him. Yeah. 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 Well, Well, that was a massive change of topic. Yeah, well, there we go. That's how you finish a show. You rant about it. That's how 
how we the roll. The TV show is different yeah. to the the books, um, and and why some of it just makes no fucking sense. 